It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hi, Geekscapists. The Geekscape podfather, Jonathan, here. In May, we lost one of our own, longtime Geekscapist Christopher Ellis, who was a friend and a part of our geek community from the very beginning. Chris even met his wife Sarah through our podcast, and their 2015 wedding seemed like a giant Geekscape party. Chris's final weeks battling in the hospital shed light on a huge national problem. The COVID pandemic has almost completely depleted our national and local blood banks. These supplies are used by thousands of hospitals to provide life-saving treatments to patients or to buy enough time for loved ones just to say goodbye. So for the next month and beyond, we're going to do it big in Chris's memory and do some good in the process. We're throwing a blood drive. Visit www.aabb.org to find a donation center near you or visit other blood and platelet donation centers like the Red Cross. And let's make things interesting. For the next month, take a selfie of yourself donating with the hashtag GeekscapeGives and tag your favorite Geekscape podcast. We'll pick some charitable Geekscapists to send prizes to and the podcast that gets mentioned the most We'll also get some cool rewards. I should actually cancel the podcast that gets mentioned the least. Can I do that? Whatever. The point is, go out there and donate some blood, tag a selfie of yourself doing it with the hashtag GeekscapeGives, and get others to do the same. We couldn't save our friend Chris, but we can do a whole lot of good in his name. Geekscape forever! another episode of horror movie night this week we're talking about a movie from italy so you're welcome tom uh and this is the house by the cemetery from 1981 as picked by am i reading this correctly scott scott picked an yeah, italian bro. horror movie oh man i incorrectly called it a giallo yeah but I, I don't really know what the difference is it's like saying that literally every horror movie that came out of italy between 1970 and 19 19- 99 
is a giallo. It's not. It's it's like there's suspense just, movies confused. with like murder and mystery and shit. This is a straight. But I thought that like the Beyond was considered a giallo. No, no, is I it not. The, the, it's uh, to me it is because I just you know people ask me who made Nosferatu. I'm like I don't know Werner Herzog. Let's keep it moving. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I picked this because one, I, I was gonna ask to take a vote, but I actually know the answer to the to the question. So this is my first watch. I know Matt just told me today it was his first watch, and I know Brian, it was your first half of a watch. So, I mean, we're we're all babies Bro, this time. It was his first 90, 90% of a watch. 90% of a oh, watch. Okay. I'm actually, like, I had this whole spiel I was going to lay into Matt, and now you picked it. So, like, I can't do it because I was watching this, and I'm like, the fucking nerve on this guy to put us through, like, Invaders of the Spacemen when he had this. Like sitting here because this—it's a bad movie. Oh, it's dumb as hell. It's got a—it's got enough of the stabby stab that I like. Yeah, you know, it's just... definitely one of those movies. Remember the good old days when I made good picks and I picked <laughs> Last Shark and we, Dude, all, Last we Shark. all had a great oh, time. So good. What I'm learning from a lot of these Italian horror films is that they really are just jumping on to like four or five popular films that came out that same year or approximately close to the same year because. There's like three or four big American horror movies that I'm like, oh, this feels like it's a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and a little bit of this when I'm watching this. So we steal from Korea and Japan, and yeah. then Italians steal from us, and then when someone comes across like $4, that's when Bollywood steals from us. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been going down a weird rabbit hole with YouTube recommendations lately, because of me looking up one thing related to Jaws and now like I've just been getting bombarded with like anybody who's ever posted a video on YouTube about Jaws and sometimes they jump out at me and I go yeah I'll dedicate 20 minutes to this the one video was like the 10 best bad Jaws ripoff movies and I was like all right let's let's see there might be a couple future picks in here and of course the like thumbnail was last shark so i was like who knows maybe i'll find something magical in here i learned about two jaws ripoffs and one of them was from bollywood <laughs> and i i gotta tell you i'm not gonna make us watch a bollywood movie because those movies are about four hours long but the jaws bollywood ripoff the opening scene is a full-blown musical number about a girl getting excited to get married and she's getting all dolled up, but she decides to go for a swim and then like Bam! a shark just shark. comes up and just rips her to pieces. And the way that the movie ends is the shark jumps up and he jumps so high that the hero is able to stick a spear in the air and completely cut the shark from, from head to fin. And then the evil mare is coming by and then he just throws the spear through the mare as well. And that's the end of the movie. I'll Incredible. tell you what, because I, I don't have the time nor the patience to do this, but you've been getting into video editing again. You make me and Scott a 10, 15 minute watch of this movie. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so the other one that I watched, I can't even remember the name. I'm not even going to pretend to say the name, but it came out the year after Jaws in Brazil. And it basically translated to a codfish. And it was literally the entire plot of Jaws, except with a giant codfish doing everything instead of a shark. You're not talking about Devilfish, right? No, not Devilfish. I, I, this would, is like I would a, absolutely pick Devilfish for this show. It's this giant paper mache codfish. And then it'll just be like someone swimming in the water and then the fin goes by and then it's like a store-bought plastic skeleton just like rises up inside the water. But 
when I was watching the video, it's like, it's unwatchable, it's really bad, but the ending is really funny, and it's like, they catch the codfish, and they're gonna celebrate catching it by everybody eating it, <laughs> and it's like, this giant fish on a giant table, so think of like, the end of the Grinch cartoon, where it's like, the giant roast beast for everybody, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you see the codfish's eye open, and then the lights go out for a second, and then they turn on, and it's all of these plastic skeletons <laughs> sitting at the table, and the fish isn't there anymore. You are selling it up for me, dude. Like I know, but those are like three hour long movies. No, no, no. I don't, all I no care about is that American final. Dubbed. I just want to see the final oh, yeah, picture. Yeah. No, that's I can find I those about. highlight clips for us easy. Yeah, that's but, what I need. Yeah, my point being, yes, so Italian movies definitely rip off American movies, and then those Italian films tend to become Ozzy exploitation films for slightly cheaper, and then so on and so forth down the line. But it all starts in Korea. I would rewatch this movie I would, for sure. I would rewatch this movie as a background movie. I wouldn't actively rewatch it, you know? That's just me. This was kind of a background movie when I watched it today. (laughs) And I'm going to be honest with you, it took me two days to finish it because I was like, yeah, I know what's going to happen in the end because I've seen like a scene from it, you know? And so I was like, I'll just take my time. I'm just trying to find funny things to to refer to when we discuss it. But I mean, it's still got good gore. Yeah, you were like, on the first shot, you're going to understand why I picked this. And like... Literally, the first scene, that girl gets a knife from the back of the head straight out of her mouth. And I was like, all right, I know what I'm in for. Got it. I was a big fan of that. You know, (laughs) Fulci was a man of rare talent, okay? Boobs, first 45 seconds, knife through head within two minutes. You know? Also, I I just love the fact that we revere and we place Fulci on a fucking pedestal. And no one, I mean, I say we as like the the hordes of unwashed masses who love horror, right? Yeah. But when you watch a Fulci movie, they're not good. I mean, like, no. Bava, I can see people revering, as far as we're talking about the Italian masters, quote-unquote, because, like, Black Sunday is a, a killer fucking movie. But this yeah. movie is just, it's not good in any way, shape, or form, but it's entertaining. No. And it's also, like, when I think about the fact that this was 1981 when it came out, the gore must have been absolutely gut-wrenching for people because there probably wasn't a whole lot like this. I don't know. No. He does get a lot of hate from my friends in QAnon. They seem to be very critical of Fulci. Ah, I don't know why. Dude, I was sweeping today <laughs> and I was like, movies. we should make a joke about Dr. Fulci and you got to it. I love you so much. <laughs> yeah, like this is at that weird point where it's like, it's right after the first Friday the 13th movie, which I feel like was the first like truly like the slasher film where it's like oh you can do that much gore in the slasher movie and then all of a sudden like everybody in canada was like throw us some money and we'll make you some fucking shit <laughs> yeah. like well but then you know i mean well, like 81 had a lot of stuff and i i i made a promise i mean at the beginning your, of my the... bloody my bloody valentine dropped at that time like there's a well, lot that started coming out quickly that that's okay i'm gonna do the for the third and possibly final time i'm going to refer to that FKU album that I love so much called 1981 because I've been going down systematically and I told people at the beginning of this year back in like December or January I was like I'm going to do a lot of 1981 movies and I'm going to refer to FKU when I do them and they did a song about House by the Cemetery but they also did one for The Prowler and The Prowler is Savini's best work super ultra gory yeah. they did The Fun House that we did last was that last year or two years ago at this point I think that was, that last, was last listener pick yeah one. yeah I mean just, I'm just thinking back to the movies that they discuss or that they refer to in that actual film or that actual record, and 
There was a lot of hyper gory shit. It's just interesting that this feels as gory as the Prowler to me. Yeah, no, and I, I think it's funny because it's like prior to this, like a gory movie was Blood Feast. You know what I mean? Which is still <laughs> like, gory, but it's like it's like cartoonish almost. It's yes, so thank bright. You. That's the word. That's yeah, the like word. That so a can of red. <laughs> now, now speaking now speaking about cartoonish blood, can we talk about how much blood was inside that tiny little bat that they stabbed? Dude, <laughs> that also like I love when fucking Bob, Bob the child, by the way, who Bob, calls their listen. We'll not get Bobby, into, Bob. We'll get into Bob for a second because the the ADR on poor Bob. Yeah. I'm a big fan of a podcast that we've had one of the hosts on this show uh, before of Adam Sandler, Please Stop. <laughs> and I don't even remember what the connective tissue was, but eventually they did Roberto Bellini's Pinocchio for Adam Sandler, Please Stop. I think Kevin James voices someone in the American dub version of it. But if you've never watched Roberto Bellini's Pinocchio, that is that is like a room troll two level of just like bafflingly <laughs> bad movie. And in the American dub, you have 40 something year old Roberto Bellini playing Pinocchio with a 20 something year old Brecken Meyer doing the voiceover work. And it is the most it is the most surreal thing to see. Roberto Bellini's mouth moving and Brecken Meyer just being like, Papa, Papa, like coming out of his mouth. Yeah, I, that's what I'm getting at is that that little fucking kid, Bob the child in House by the Cemetery, he, when when daddy comes out of the basement with his gigantic bat on his hand. Daddy, what's the matter? Did you not see the huge fucking bat listen, chopping on my knuckles, listen, you little shit? If we're talking about best best Bob the child lines, I think my favorite one is Daddy, mom says you're not dead. Is that true? <laughs> As he's walking into the basement. <laughs> That's right before they do the the very clear as day Amityville horror ripoff with the most literally like hand-drawn cartoon eyes staring at him in the darkness. And he goes, he goes, uh you know, he's, he's he's like so so he's so mad. About well, the it. other thing that I love. So, Brian, you missed out on this part because you 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 lost the last five minutes. But so, Bob, <laughs> there's something about the way the voiceover was done, but I'm sure that in the movie, even in Italian, this happens. So the end of the movie, all the parents are killed. Both parents are killed. Bob is trying to get out. This like zombified evil scientist or whatever. Doctor Frankenfurter. No. Frankenfurter. <laughs> and he's Bobby. Bob is trying to open up the ceiling, and then all of a sudden, a second hand comes out and helps him open up the ceiling, and he gets lifted up, and it's his friend May who's been trying to help him the whole time. And after just seeing his parents brutally murdered and being attacked by a zombie, he gets up on the floor and just goes, "Hi, May." He goes, "Hi, Bob." <laughs> and and then it's like a pseudo happy ending. Is it implied that Bob's dead? Like I don't know what no, the ending of so this movie means. The, uh, that's what's so Matt. You would get over our death so fucking quickly <laughs> as soon as you saw your friends. <laughs> I don't know about that. You'd be like, my whole family, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd wave maniacally like Forrest Gump. Yeah, dive in the water and swim to you. <laughs> no, here's the thing about the ending of this movie is that it goes from ridiculous to ultra ridiculous because then it's saying that he didn't die he transubstantiated into the house just like all the other children because may is also the child of a parent that was murdered by doctor that guy didn't write down the name and anyway so any child that gets that gets orphaned 
in the house, basically. Their body is transubstantiated. He actually becomes a living ghost, zombie type thing, living in the house with all the other dead children. And the the wife of the doctor is the one who's like their governess. She's the one who's gotcha. like, now you're a real blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So he was killed because I remember seeing. Like, no, he his wasn't killed. Organs. He wasn't killed. Oh, okay. He basically moved. So this is the whole thing about this is that this is the um, Gates of Hell trilogy, right? This is the third one in the Volchi's Gates of Hell trilogy. I can't remember what the first one is, but the second one is the Beyond, and this is the third one, House by the Cemetery. So I think that it's basically saying that he was when he was pulled through the floor, which I believe is through the doctor's gravestone that's in the floor oh my god when that lady gets fucking stabbed in the neck awesome (laughs) that that stabbed in the neck is just stabbing the neck is just all i mean the whole movie that was like when they sliced her two sides and then went for is that no no this is the lady that her her ankle got caught in the crack in the the floor and then he just goes you know like and it's it's really it's a great practical effect i mean they had money for stuff in this movie and i'm proud of them for that but they didn't put any money into rewrites because that just nothing makes sense it doesn't have to make sense it's fucking full you just you just turn your brain off and watch it and and as much shit as i'm talking about this movie it's a really fun ride but it's a ride it's not a Piece of and it's an Italian movie, so I'm sure they were like, "Hey, we got to do some rewrites. Do we still have that funding?" And Fulci's standing there with like, I don't know, a thousand meatballs, and he's like, "Funding? I don't know. What do Italians do when they make movies?" They I don't know. Why don't you make fun of Irish people next? <laughs> we need to talk for a second. So I wanted to figure out what the first part of that Gates of Hell trilogy is. Scott, is it Messiah um, of Evil? No, it's so it's City of the Living Dead. Oh, here's City the of thing. Dead. Thank you. Here's the release date. It was City of the Living Dead in 1980, The Beyond in 1981, and House by the Cemetery in 1981. So he, like, wasted no time doing this. But obviously, Wikipedia, you can't trust it, right? According to Wikipedia, the budget on The Beyond was $400,000. And it pulled in, in the Italian currency, whatever the Italian currency is, $747 million. Which it says in United States dollars translates... To four hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god! At least he got into the black. Good job for them. But then, according yeah. to this, again, this is now. Now I don't have the American equivalency on this. Sure. It's just the Italian amount. But House by the by the Cemetery was a budget of six hundred million Italian dollars. Why did Call they get that money? Call them you uncultured swine. And the box office was one point four billion Italian dollars. Wow. I mean, I'm glad for them that they made their that they made money. I really and that's the thing is no matter how much I criticize a goofy horror movie on this show, I do want them to make money. I mean, like yeah. it's I want the genre to make money. I don't I don't necessarily want it to be making money off of pandery type stuff like freaky. You know, like gotcha. I felt like that yeah. movie was not fun, you know. I, I just thought that it was blah. But I'm glad that I guess I'm glad that it was still made so that it could draw young people into the genre. They could watch something like House by the Cemetery and like understand that they could be better. So I think this is the girl that you were talking about. But uh, one of the the fun facts that I just saw on Wiki is that this film, the the Italian ratings board only asked for a six second cut to be made in which the character of Laura is murdered. Ironically, Fulci agreed to do this 
because he wasn't very happy with the effects in that shot anyway. <laughs> no, that's that's the that's the um, babysitting girl. Oh, uh, the I babysitter think. killed. Okay. When they just they slice both sides of her her jugular and then she bleeds out. No, the the lady that I'm talking about is the realtor, the older woman with the blonde hair, I believe, and she uh, I think that's who it is, and right, she right, just right, gets right. stabbed very slowly in the neck, and it's fantastic. It is mind-blowing and heartbreaking how many original scripts are written every year but are never made. So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscover Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free! Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! But yeah, so that was House by the Cemetery. What's your double feature over there, buddy? It's really hard to pick. It is really hard to pick. I'm gonna wait until after you guys, I'm gonna give you the one that I would pick, Gun to the Head, and then I will do the one that I would that I thought of first uh, okay. after you guys talk if you don't pick it. But um, I'm gonna go with Frankenstein's Army because again, it's an immortal Nazi and it's got a lot of creature effects. That movie is probably not as good as I have built it up in my head to be, but it's just a ride. You know, it's just like House by the Cemetery. You get to turn your brain off and just be like, this is absolute idiocy. I love every second of it. Yeah. Brian, I'm gonna let you go next because I'm gonna name drop a couple movies on my path. I would just go back in our old catalog and probably put this with Molosseum. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Mausoleum? I, Mausoleum. Yeah, because I don't... Wait, are you joking? Because I don't you... think I finished that. I am I was trying to think of which ones I didn't finish, and I'm pretty sure I also didn't finish You didn't finish one. Mausoleum, but that movie also had yeah. the, the hungry demon titties, remember? Yeah, it did. Oh, yeah. Um, and the, and the, the main yeah. lead, the male lead was the, the, the child titties. preacher or whatever. Fucking, yeah, what a, what a ride, guy. The movie didn't finish, but I did. Eh, Scott? Oh, <laughs> um, Matt, you better cut that. I don't, I don't do think that. I will. Uh, so, so this movie at points reminds me of Evil Dead. At points, it reminds me of Amityville Horror. But I'm actually going to go with a movie that came out after this. But there's... The whole time I was watching it, for some reason, I kept getting a weird poltergeist vibe. Yeah. Guess, like, kid, like, has some, like, warnings from the other side that it might be a bad idea to be there. And then, like, a bunch of crazy fucked up shit happens inside the house. So, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go with poltergeist as my double feature on this, this one. I was gonna, I, I, I was thinking reanimator just because of the mm-hmm. fact that it's the scientific side of, of, of dead bodies is that is that the you. real reason, Scott, or is it because like a week after this episode comes out, you're gonna probably meet Jeffrey Combs? Ah, <laughs> Don't jinx it, bro. <laughs> All right, Scott. So, what's something that you watched this week that you want to promote? I don't want to promote it, but I gotta tell you guys, I watched A Quiet Place Part Two, and it was so bad. It was oh, so I bad. I, was gonna, I told you. I was like, I've been watching it, but I think Brian effects, really liked man. it a lot. 
<laughs> it's not what one. It's not fun. You know, like it's just a it's a panic attack as of a movie, just like the first one. Correct. But at least in the first movie, they didn't show you the monsters over and over and over again. And I feel like when they did show you the monsters in the first one, they put their money to use. And this one, they're like, let's show the monster the whole time. And so it just was not a fun watch. It was a real slog. And I paid for it. I loved it. All right. Well, Brian, you know what I paid for? Nah, I don't know. I guess we'll all talk about it if we want. But I watched, I'll tell you something I didn't actually pay for because they didn't Disney Plus me. But I watched No Sudden Move on HBO Max. I don't know what that is. Yeah, neither did I. Literally, no marketing. It's like a 1955 era type, like a few random cook or crooks getting involved with like this big scheme and like really good movie with a really star, like all-star cast. Basically they get involved in like this small little crime. And then they realize the crime is revolved around some fucked up shit GM was doing. It's apparently based on a true story. The three small time crooks is Don Cheadle, Macaulay Culkin's brother from Scott Pilgrim in succession. And then uh, Benicio del Toro. Wow. That's a really stacked cast. Yeah. 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 Matt Damon's in it. John Hamm's in it. Oh, you sold me at John Hamm, dude. Yeah. David Harbour. Is that his name? Yep. Yeah. Like just a great cast. Good movie. The only thing I didn't get and I don't I guess I didn't watch enough movies and maybe I don't even want to say because I don't want to fuck up you guys if you decide to watch it. But it's just kind of the way it was shot. I don't know if it was the lens and or intentional, but it's like I don't know if they were trying to do an old school movie because I kind of remember that movie theaters kind of used to curve. Yeah. yeah. Right. So the way that they were shot, they had that like kind of rounded. Yeah, almost like fish lens type deal. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of how the whole movie is shot. So I don't know if it was supposed to be like we're trying to make this feel like it's an older movie. I bet that, uh, that was. Kind of, I bet that was. Yeah. I, I think that that's becoming a new thing because, like, again, like something like the lighthouse, where it's like let's shoot it on like the equipment to make yeah. it feel like it's like a lost film from that time. Yeah, but a good flick, good flick for All sure. Right. And I'm going to talk about two different shows that had seasons drop on Netflix in pretty quick succession, and they are. Honestly, gun to my head, they're probably my two favorite Netflix original shows. Uh, we got the. F- I didn't finish one. Okay, well, we got the final season of Atypical. So close to finishing. It's, <laughs> it's a perfect show. It, it really is a flawless, perfect mm-hmm. show. Every episode, even when it ends on like a little bit of an anxiety-inducing thing, you still just walk away feeling positivity for the world and the people in it, which is you know kind of what we need every once in a while. Uh, and then the other show is season two of Never Have I Ever Dropped, and. I just, I really love that show. I think that that show is so funny and charming. And it's a show that I don't hear anybody talk about except for me. But it's like number two trending on Netflix right now. So like, I don't, yeah, I don't know who these people are that are also watching it, but I want them to talk to me. <laughs> don't you have a third Netflix season that came out? That's quickly one of your favorite shows. You sure about that? You can love that show. I enjoy that show, but I'm not going to. Oh, you're just scared because Scott hates it. No, it's what? just you, it is what, what is it, it is. Uh, I think you should I leave. Think you should with, leave. <laughs> with Tim Robbins. Oh, it was that scared. Just I said, because you, I don't like, think. I wish you didn't send me that. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's dumb as fuck. But you guys yeah. can enjoy it. Do you not get the? That is the joke. <laughs> Ah, forget it. I'm not explaining the art behind I Think You Should Leave. But yeah, no, it's a a sugary sweet show. I knocked out the whole second season over like two days. Yeah, 10 episode seasons, 20 minutes a piece. Can't, can't be beat. Oh, hey, before we before we go, can I do a quick little shout out to Tee Public? Because, oh, um, yeah. So we have a Tee Public uh, shop 
and they're kind of like Redbubble or you know Society6, all those ones where you put your designs up on the website and you specify what kind of shirts and, and merch the designs can go on. And then when someone orders something, it's like drop shipped. It's, it's made to order. I have always been really skeptical of them because I always thought the print quality, because they're basically computer printed, you know, but I always thought that the print quality was a little low for my taste. And so I was, I avoided it. And Matt and I got emailed by T Public asking if we wanted to be an affiliate. And we said, sure, why the hell not? I got the Fishing is Rude, which I'm wearing right now, Bloodhook shirt that Benji from the group designed and donated to us, as well as the one that Corwin made, which is the Tarot Vision Horror Movie Night uh, Brandon shirt. And um, man, they're great. They're on Bella Canvas and they're not that expensive. And I highly recommend, I'm going to drop a link um, on the page when this when this comes out on our, on our uh, Facebook group. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, HMM Podcast on Facebook, Add, add us or, you know, whatever the word is, you know, yeah. join, join us. Join but us. Uh, it's really, really good stuff. Surprisingly good. I didn't think that the, that the technology was where it is now, but it is. All right, guys. Well, we will be back next week with another episode of Horror Movie Night. Next week, we're going to be talking about a movie that Brian picked that I'm pretty sure he picked picked solely on the name of the movie and no other information. So I'm really excited to see how this goes for us. So tune in next week for that. I don't know. Everyone has a podcast now. Well, not really. What is true is that, according to Nielsen statistics, 55% of the U.S. population, that's over 155 million people, have listened to a podcast, and 24% of the population, that's 68 million people, listen to podcasts weekly. And these numbers continue to trend upward. What's also true is that over 75% of all podcasts fade away after the first few episodes. It could be for a variety of reasons, lack of strong concept, poor production value, people not realizing how much time needs to be dedicated to it, or simply just not knowing how to get the word out about podcasts. That's where WeKnowPodcasting.com comes in. At WeKnowPodcasting.com, we have a combined 25 years of podcast experience, and we can help you achieve your podcasting goals. Whether you need help starting a new podcast or want to take your currently active podcast to the next level, we got you. From consultations to concept development, from theme music to editing, promotion, animation, graphics, you name it and we're here to help. Don't become another failed podcast statistic. Let us guide you and help your show become a success. Check out the website at weknowpodcasting.com. And even if you're on the fence, don't hesitate to reach out. We're friendly guys, we're passionate about pods, and we're here to help. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. It is mind-blowing. And heartbreaking. How many original scripts are written every year but are never made? So we seek out these scripts and bring them to life with full audio production and professional actors. Check us out at Undiscovered Scripts. Movies made of paper. Wherever you get your podcasts. Free!
Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 